Hi, I'm Gavin Carlson, and this is Out of Bounds, Daily Bruins Sports Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Out of Bounds, the official sports podcast of the Daily Bruin. As always, I'm your host, Gavin Carlson, a fourth-year sports staff writer here at the Daily Bruin. And once again, we've got the duo, the man himself, fellow fourth-year senior sports staff writer, Jack Nelson. How you doing today, buddy? I'm doing fantastic, Gavin. Thank you for asking. Patriots extended their winning streak to 15 games against the Jets, filing the win column, so life is good. Yeah, like you're lucky because my Saints blew a 17-point lead. Um, so, yeah, I'm not doing too well there. But we're not here to talk about the NFL. We're here to talk about UCLA football because, as you're all well aware, UCLA had a huge showdown, number 22 UCLA versus number 11 Utah at Rice-Eccles Stadium in Salt Lake City. And obviously we know how it went, 14-7 to the final score. Uh, a really ugly game that really a lot of question marks about UCLA's team, the offense, defense not so much, the coaching staff. We're going to get to all of it. Um, this game started, they didn't waste any time giving us a notable play. Dante Moore, his first throw of the game, a pick six. And that kind of set the tone for what was a really awful performance for the offense, uh, especially at the beginning. Um, I think UCLA, they came into the game third in the entire FBS in yards per play. Um, one of the best run offenses in the country and obviously able to have the big play throughout those first three games, deep balls, J. Michael Sturdivant, Josiah Norwood, all these long completions. But uh, not only the pick six to start things off, but then two more three and outs. Their first seven plays, negative 21 yards, two three and outs and a punt. Uh, they did not score for obviously basically the entire game. Dante Moore, any question marks about him? We'll get to his overall performance. Jack, what did you think of sort of the circumstances, him coming out, a lot of question marks about a true freshman quarterback. And, of course, everyone on Twitter suddenly acts like it's a quarterback competition again. It's not. It's Dante Moore's team. But what did you think of his performance overall? Yeah, big reality check for Dante. And I think we thought it was going to be that way. We knew how good Utah's defense was going into this game. But uh, certainly a poor performance for Dante. And I'm sure UCLA fans were hoping for something a lot more promising in the first big Pac-12 matchup for the Bruins. But uh, just some main criticisms that I had kind of right off the bat here. Um, I think just developing more patience in the pocket is going to be big for Dante. I think there's a lot of plays that he gave up on a little too early, didn't really let things develop. And I think just, you know, I mean, some of that comes back to the offensive line, not really giving him a lot of, you know, time in the pocket and stuff like that. But it does come back down to him, just his decision-making um, and just giving himself some more time to go through his reads, I think will be a big difference for him. And then as well, in addition to that, more, I think, pocket awareness. That's something he's got to work on. I think we saw, again, with the offensive line, how much the pocket kind of collapsed on him. Um, he would kind of dart to one direction and then show a lot of hesitancy, not really commit to his move. He was going to roll out if he wanted to step back more in the pocket. And so I think that, you know, ended up... Uh, getting him caught in that scenario. And obviously there's what seven sacks in this game that he took. Um, and so, and we know he's not really a super mobile quarterback you know, he's more of a pocket pass or traditional kind of guy. Um, but yeah, just working on those things is going to be, I think really big for him moving forward, but definitely a lot of things to learn for Dante after this performance. Yeah. Do you think about the way the game started? Obviously talk about adversity. There's going to be question marks about how he handles that crowd. It was a great environment, you know, nationally televised game two ranked opponents conference opener all these factors that are going to make it a tough game for Dante Utah's got a great defense but just looking at the way things started not only was it that pick six but then the play calling so questionable that's throughout the game but especially at the beginning the second drive they have a uh, inside run to steal they run motion with Logan Loya negative four yards and then on third and 12 could have been a better throw from Dante Moore but 
it, it's third and 12. You're, you're really not going to complete that pass very often against Utah. Then you have the third drive. It starts with a false start. You fumble on third down on a third and long, but you start with a false start. You're in negative territory, you know, right off the bat. You're not helping your freshman quarterback. And then finally that fourth drive, it looks like they're starting starting to get things going. Dante has that beautiful 20-yard completion to Carson Ryan. He throws it over, I think, three hands. Uh, I think there was a linebacker, a defensive back, maybe two. To Carson Ryan, gets like 20 yards. You're in the red zone. You're finally doing something, getting some momentum. And then Josiah Norwood just has a ball go through his hands in the end zone when you know, you very easily can tie that game and suddenly quiet that raucous crowd. So I think one thing I want to talk about throughout this episode is that, of course, it was a questionable performance from Dante Moore, but it was a questionable for performance from every phase of the offense, the play calling, his receivers, the O-line. I think it, you know, it's hard to just narrow in. And it's football. Everyone's going to talk about the quarterback first and foremost. That's what you get when you sign up to be a quarterback. Um, I will say, I'll say it every episode at this point. It's the most important position in sports. But there was just so many so many things that were going wrong with the offense. Um, yeah, seven drives of just brutal, 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 <laughs> to be honest. But one reason that UCLA was still in the game despite those drives was because of their defense. Um, it's quite ironic. Every week, everyone's saying how bad the defense is historically every year. Um, but a near flawless performance. You give up one touchdown drive. Sure, Utah missed a field goal on another drive, but it was a 47-yarder, so it's not like they were in the red zone or anything. Um, a really strong performance from the defense overall. What stuck out to you? I mean, Utah's offense wasn't really trying. I felt like they were just running the ball, very conservative uh, play calling throughout the game. But what stuck out stood, out stood out for you in terms of the defensive performance? Just all around, it's probably their best performance of the season, I would say. I mean, you just... At least a season, at right? At least I mean, a season. And how many years? <laughs> how many <laughs> like, years? Like, yeah. 14 it's, points from a UCLA defense, yeah, right? come on, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, even just beyond the defensive front, like those front seven, we've talked about them all season long, but just overall, like they just held Utah down. Even, you know, you don't have... Cam Rise is not the game. They're going against Nate Johnson, who I guess is a little bit, maybe a little bit more of a dual threat, so it's a kind of a new challenge for them in that regard. But, I mean, yeah, Cam Adrano. We got to talk about oh, that guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, he was somehow the face of that defense in that game. Yeah. I think he had the, the forced fumble, yeah. a couple other big plays. He was well. all over the place. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's it's the first national broadcast, and so you've got announcers that don't really watch the team that much, right? And they, you know, kept saying, Kane Madrano having the game of his life. And it's like, I mean, yeah, kind of. Like, he's been very solid the first three games, but that was like a breakout performance on a exactly. big stage, yeah. Exactly. And then just, oh my God, I mean, they – this defense seemed like it, they gave UCLA all they needed. They gave their offense every single opportunity, and the offense just did jack squad with it. I mean, we saw at the end of the game, the tempers were kind of flaring. Their de- UCLA's yeah. defensive players were kind of going up to the Utah players, like showing some, you know, yeah. saying some stuff. Yeah. And you're like, that's got to be the anger they have towards their own offense for not delivering really anything at all for yeah. their team. So it's just one of those games where defense does everything, offense does virtually nothing. Yeah, Dante said it after the game. He took the blame for the loss. He said, this loss is on me. Um, he also said, said shout out to the defense for doing their job. We didn't do ours. Um, we're going to have segments at the end of this episode. We know the people love the segments. We're going to be doing a tier list, a comprehensive tier list where we're breaking down really, I'd say, the top 20-ish, 25-ish essential players for UCLA so far this season, see where they slot in. That'll be later in the episode. Um, but I do want to go back to the offense more. It's, it feels kind of cruel to not talk about the defense a bunch, given that it was their best performance of, in a while. But for me, it's just kind of one of those games where it's like, the defense played well. Like, 
great. Like, I, I don't really know what to, like, break down. I feel like um, Utah's – it's not like Utah's offense was trying to do stuff and UCLA was really countering and showing something that we haven't seen. UCLA stopped the run. They've been a solid team against the run. Utah didn't have a passing game to really test uh, UCLA's poor secondary. Jalen Davies had another fantastic performance. Um, but other than that, I don't know if stuff really stood out for the defense. I think most people want to talk about the offense when it only puts up seven points, right? So yeah. um, I think you talked about Dante in the pocket. I, I think that's a huge thing. We saw it at the end of the game. Um, you, you have a chance. The defense comes up clutch, gets a stop on third and one, and you have a chance to go down at the end of the game, down by a touchdown, um, and really erase three and a half quarters of awful football just by putting together one more phenomenal drive. We'll get to the touchdown drive that happened right before that. But I want to talk about this last drive of the game. Just sack after sack. I mean, right, like you're coming in, there's all this anticipation that this is going to be Dante's moment maybe, to, to and just offensive line breakdown, his own personal issue. I, I thought the second down play was probably his fault. Um, he had guys underneath. You're already behind the sticks after losing yards on first down. But you have a second and long. You have players open to get five or six yards. And Dante kind of ran out of the pocket before he even needed to, right? Like, And that's what's going to happen with a freshman quarterback. But I think that was a perfect example. That play was a prime example of what happens when your quarterback is not being helped out throughout the game. The nerves kick in more and more every drive. He's been under pressure. He's already fumbled twice. We're going to get to that speed option call and that fumble as well. But there's all these things that have already gone wrong. So you've got, you know, all the all these nerves, the pockets collapsing, and you're running out before you need to. You take a sack, third down, fourth down. Utah also had a masterclass performance, sending blitzes at the right times. They did a great job. But um, I think the pocket awareness, like you said, is going to be a huge thing for Dante. I want to get to that speed option now. I, I know I just brought it up. Eastlay, once again, gets in the red zone. They're driving. You have a third and five, I believe. The run game has not been working. The offensive line is getting beat. So I respect getting creative. But what are your thoughts on calling a speed option? The quarterback runs out, tries to pitch it to Carson Steele. Nope, he keeps it, fumbles the ball. Is that Dante's fault? Is that Chip Kelly's fault? Is it both? I will say the shovel option was a bold call. <laughs> it was a bold call. We did not see that one coming when they usually lined up for offense there. But um, no, I saw the replay a couple times. I went through it. Uh, and I think if there was a little hesitancy Dante showed moving out to his right, he kind of darted to his left a little bit. And that's what allowed the defender to collapse on him instead of giving Dante the option, the option to shovel it to his right. Because he had a guy there and he right. probably, if he got it to that guy, I think he was going into the end zone. I forgot what player it was. It was Carson Steele. Carson Steele, thank yeah. you. Um, but yeah, I think that's it's a play where it like comes down to very small margins. Like a small mistake costs you big time, especially in that part of the red zone too. So I think, yeah, I, I disagree with the call. Yeah, I, I definitely I can, yeah. I definitely disagree with the call. I think another that's another play where it's everything went wrong, right? Like it's, it's very easy to say it's Chip's fault, it's Dante's fault, it's Carson's fault, it's Josiah. No, it's, the game on offense was everyone's fault, and that was another example of, I, I hate the call. I'll be honest. I, I like the idea of getting creative, but you heard the announcer say it. Oh, if that's DTR, then that's a couple, you know. But he's kind of right. If that's DTR, a mobile quarterback who's probably run that play before, who runs the read option every other run play, right? Like, I'm sure the speed option is something that's in his repertoire. I don't think Dante Moore has run a single speed option 
at UCLA. I don't know how often, if ever, he ran that in high school. So to in that moment, on a third and three in the red zone, when your offense has done nothing and you know how crucial it is to at least get a field goal, we all knew this was going to be a low-scoring game. You're, you're adding an element of risk that wasn't necessary by calling a play that you've never called before. And then, yes, there's plenty of blame for Dante as well. Not only does he not make the right read, he hesitated. Like you said, if he runs right at the, the defender and then pitches, Carson still probably has a score. But even when you keep it, he didn't get blown up. You got tackled. You hold on to the football, right? He, he was very, very reckless and very soft with the football throughout the game. Um, you know, getting hit in the pocket when you're about to throw is one thing. You're, you're running. You, you put the ball, you know, what they say, hands over elbows or whatever. Put the hand over the elbow. Hold on to the football. There's no need to fumble that. Um, that was a huge miscue. And then looking at it so far, now you have a, a Norwood drop in the end zone that costs you seven points. You have a fumble in the red zone that costs you seven points, basically, or at least three. And then you've given them their only seven points of the game on a pick six. So it's like right there, those three plays alone, um, are enough to cost you a football game that you end up losing by seven points. And there's so many more. Dante Moore has a has a rollout on a third and five. He pitches it to Mat- Matavau. I think I got that right. Drops the ball. Uh, Logan Loy had a costly drop. There was another, the fourth and seven after Norwood dropped the ball. He has a guy open over the middle, Logan Loy, and he misses him. So just so many miscues for the offense. And I don't want to sound like I'm ranting. I, I feel like I probably am ranting. We need to get this guy talking more. I'm just blah, blah, blah. I'm angry. And I'm not angry because of the, the loss, we don't root for UCLA here at the Daily Bruin, but I'm angry because it was just a disappointing performance. Um, it was also just a very largely boring football game. <laughs> I, I personally, I like to enjoy watching football when yeah. it's more entertaining, you know? Absolutely. It was a very boring game because, like I said, Utah wasn't trying. They were they were not trying. I think they're, they're, Nate Johnson on Twitter after the game apologized to the fans for the for the offense's performance in a win. He, he apologized on Twitter. He said, I'm sorry that we played the way we played. They won the game, and he apologized. That's how bad the offense was, and yet they... And yet ours was worse, or not ours, UCLA's, was worse. I will say um, this. Um, we haven't really talked about it that much, but the run game for UCLA yeah. was especially poor. Yeah. Nine total yards on 32 carries. Yeah. Granted, in college, they, they count, count the, the sacks. sacks. Yeah. Like 51 yards was lost by yeah. sacks. But still, that's like, I think, 60 rushing yards disregarding the sacks. Yeah. And still, considering how potent this rushing attack had been for UCLA this season Absolutely. going into this game, yeah. like that's just inexplicable for your offense. You can't have that yeah. in this kind of a game. And like someone said it on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. They were like, how can you blame the speed option call? Nothing else was working in the run game. That's a fair point. I mean, the runs up the middle, but just once again, it's such boring play calling. It's like they, they're running inside zones to TJ Harden and Carson Steele. They're running outside zones to TJ Harden and Carson Steele. I think one takeaway is that, Carson Steele needs he needs to get to the linebacker. He's not shifty enough at the line of scrimmage to dodge a D lineman. If he gets to the linebacker in some space, kind of like Charbonnet, you got to get them go a guy that 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 big, you need to get him momentum, get him into the second level and then he can make a move or run over a guy with ease. He's we know how strong he is. Whereas TJ Harden is shiftier, so if there's penetration right away, he can kind of dodge the nose tackle. I think that's why TJ Harden had more success, I think, overall in the game. He had a couple runs up the middle where he was able to because the guards were getting beat all game. The guards were getting the penetration from the Utah defensive tackles was consistent every single play. It affected Dante on passing plays. And then on running plays, you have that penetration. The running back has to break two tackles just to get to the line of scrimmage and then it's a problem. So I totally agree. The 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 running game, which is what dictates the success of this offense, is the running game. Even on, I think there was a, a, a fourth down or, a, or was the, yeah, the fourth down completion to Carson Ryan on that touchdown drive, that 99-yard touchdown drive, which was the only thing really for the UCLA offense. Um, 
on that completion, which was a total <laughs> lucky kind of chuck to Carson Ryan on a fourth and seven. But even on that play, what stuck out, you run a, a play action. You're not running the ball. No one thinks you're running the ball on fourth and seven. And yet you still run a play action. That shows how much you care about the run game being a part of your system and how much you rely on that run threat, always keeping the defense on their toes. Um, but it just didn't work uh, throughout the game because the run game didn't work throughout the game. Um, do we need to say anything else about the defense, the offense? It was a disappointing performance for UCLA. They fall to three and one. Um, we have segments. You wanted to go to the, the chipometer. You want to introduce the chipometer? Let's go for it. All right. So we said we have a tier list that's coming up next. But first, we're introducing a new segment, a new weekly addition to the podcast last show. And that's the chipometer. There's going to be a little graphic somewhere. It's going to be a thermometer. We're going to have Chip's face moving up or down the thermometer, depending on how we are feeling about Chip Kelly and about the state of UCLA football under the leadership of Chip Kelly. I think you've heard it enough for me how critical I was of the play calling. Um, obviously, it's a loss. But through these first four weeks, Jack, you're 3-1 and one, UCLA. You beat three teams you should beat. You lost to a team that you quote-unquote should have lost to, but without Cam Rising, I'm going to stand by it that UCLA should have won that game. And seeing how the game happened, UCLA should have won that game. With all that being said, good, bad, somewhere in the middle for the chipometer, for Chip Kelly, where do you have it? I'm going to put it somewhere in the middle, kind of leaning higher towards the good side of things. I think, like, as you said, this, you know, it's, it's definitely a very winnable game for UCLA. And on paper, it's not a bad loss. This is... Back to back twelve, back to back Pac twelve champions. We're talking about here with yeah, Utah. You're right. This is a team that by the end of the season probably top should be top three in the conference. Probably yeah. playing in the Pac twelve championship game. I would top say. ten team nationally. So too, probably. yeah, top yeah. ten right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, as you said, with all the play calling, it's just you got to question some of the, the choices Chip made on Saturday, and that kind of I think knocks him down the chipometer a little bit here. But you slay three and one. Um, Going against Wazoo in two weeks, so they got the bye week coming up this weekend, which Wazoo now, what, 16th, 18th in the AP poll, wherever that yeah. is. They're big win. They're up there. Impressive. Usually now unranked in the AP poll. Um, so I think the, the road ahead seems to be getting harder than we might have originally thought for UCLA. And I think 3 1s, they're at a good place right now, but it this chipometer could very quickly go down is what I'm trying to get at here. I think it could go down really quickly if Chip doesn't make the right moves, right decisions, and Uslay, you know, doesn't kind of get its offensive act together after this week. So I'm going to be a little more critical. Um, I don't want to be the hot takes artist guy of this part. I feel like I probably am, and I don't think that really surprises the viewers. Um, I'm going to put it slightly below the middle. I'm going to put it closer to bad than good, closer to the bottom than the top, and I'll tell you why. You're 3-1. and one. You won three games you were supposed to win. So how much credit do you really get for that? I think the San Diego State game was impressive in the sense that San Diego State is a team that runs the ball and stops the run, and you did both of those things better than them and blew them out. The Coastal game was, eh, weird handling of the QB situation, but you're 3-0. and So I'm not going to put you bad. This loss was a disappointing loss. I won't call it a terrible loss. It's a disappointing loss. But... There's pressure on this team to at least do what they did last year. We see the stat every two seconds. The record has improved every year under Chip Kelly. I don't know if it improves this year, but the pressure is on. And given what we've seen four games, you've done what you're supposed to in three games, and then the game that's a coin toss you lost, I feel like that has to put you below average more than above. But we'll cancel it out because of where you have it. I think you put them right in the middle. I feel like that's fair. 
Yeah. Can we agree on that? I would say so. Producers, Definitely. producers, everyone. I'm kidding. There's no producers. There's just our amazing camera lady, Zoe Busenberg, behind the cameras. Um, but we'll do it somewhere in the middle. Rich, that seems fair for the first ever edition of the Chipometer. You agree? I would agree, 100%. All right. So middle of the spot for the Chipometer for Chip Kelly. Now we're going to transition to the final segment of this episode. Like we said, we have a bye week for UCLA, so we don't have to preview a game. Um, so we thought this is a perfect time to throw in a new, another new segment. It is the tier list. And this is going to be a pretty comprehensive tier list. We're going to have, like I said, over 20 players. We really want to establish the tier list this episode so that we can revisit in every episode after that and really move guys up and down depending on their performances or even take them out if they're kind of irrelevant. Um, so we have quite a few names here. Of course, the key ones. We're going to start with the offense. I think we'll just go in order and then throw everyone. Actually, you, you want to start with the defense because we've kind of been giving the offense a lot of jazz. Yeah, let's give defense some credit after that game. We'll start with defense. All right, we'll go defense. Um, and just to introduce the four, uh, five tiers we have, um, we have all Pac-12, pretty self-explanatory. That's someone who is a all-conference type of player, someone who's going to be in the running for those awards um, at the end of the season. The next tier is all UCLA, which is basically not an all Pac-12 player, but still a very good player relative to – you know, the entire UCLA football roster. Then we have the middle tier, solid starter, someone who does his job, doesn't do anything wrong. And if anything is, I'd say, an above average starter, someone who's not really in threat of having his his spot taken, basically. Um, then we have just a guy, which is not supposed to be offensive. Just a guy means you're, you're a guy, you, you don't have a huge role, you do your job. And I'll give you a little preview. I think Logan Loya is going to be in our just a guy kind of, here. I think that's the type of player we're talking about. He doesn't do anything amazing. He doesn't do anything wrong. He's just a guy. So that's not a diss. The last tier, I, there's no other way to put it. It's, it's probably a diss. It's, it's going to be liability. Um, so no offense to anyone in that tier. I don't want anyone coming at me, um, any parents, any angry people like that. Um, but there's going to be some liabilities. I'm sorry. So let's get it kicked off with Liatu Latu. Where are you putting him? I'm still putting him all pack 12. Bit of an off game for him against Utah. We don't really see him that much. We're, I'm not really where, where Laiatu Latu was in that game. I was kind of confused where he was. But, I mean, still, he's having a heck of a season. So, top tier. I agree. Uh, don't need to overthink it. He, he could have done more uh, yesterday. But, yes, he's an all-pack 12 player. He's an all-world, all-college football player, in my opinion. Um, next up, Jay Toya in the middle of the D-line. Where are you putting him? I'll put him all, UC, all UCLA for now. I think he uh, improvement against Utah. We're seeing a little bit more of him and what he can do, but still not like super, super top tier right now. I agree. I'd say all UCLA. The, the team stops to run very well. The interior D-line is always re- largely responsible for that. And he's not a big name. He's not going to have a lot of sacks, but he does his job, especially in the run game. So we're going all UCLA for Jay Toya. Let's go to Keanu Williams. Kind of a name that not people, not many people are familiar with because he is an Oregon transfer. It's his first year, but... A key player last night, at least, or yesterday, with that 4-3 defense kind of being the backup uh, defensive tackle. Where are we putting him? I'm just going to put him at just a guy for now. That's I mean, fair. He had a good game, just a guy who had a good game. Yeah, I agree. I was thinking about solid starter, but just a guy seems fair. Um, we'll go both Murphys. I feel like <laughs> I don't really know how to differentiate the two. I feel like not only do you get confused seeing both of them out there, knowing which one's which, Obviously, we know they have different numbers and stuff, but you get confused in, in the blink of the moment, the heat of the moment. Um, I say we put them both in solid starter or both in just a guy. What do you say? I would say both solid starter. I both agree. Both have a good season so far. Um, Grayson Murphy having a comparatively better season, but they're both in like the upper level of like you say players who are performing well right now. So yeah. I'd, put, I'd put them there. I think that whole defensive front has been 
pretty darn good. So you, you can't be really critical of any of yeah, them. Exactly. Um, now we'll transition to sort of the linebacking core, and we'll start with the player of the game from the Utah game yesterday, Kane Madrano. Where are we putting him? I don't want to get too, have too much recency bias, but he was phenomenal. Where are you putting him? He was. Didn't do enough to be in the all-pack 12 level because I am looking at the whole season right now, but I would say all UCLA for Kane Madrano. Totally agree. Um, he's been fantastic. He's really secured that second linebacker spot when they're in the nickel formation. It's him and this next guy who we'll talk about, Darius Mwasso. Um This one's tough. I feel like coming into the season, you could almost make all-pack 12 argument. I feel like he's been solid, but he hasn't done anything phenomenal. It's so early in the season, but I say more leaning towards all UCLA. I would say all UCLA. I do want to see more of him, especially as we get into Pac-12 play here because he's really going to have some actual competition now. So, yeah, we'll okay. see what... I agree. All right, all UCLA there. Um, we'll talk about Oladejo, the third linebacker. Is he just a guy or is he a solid starter? I mean, he's not really a starter, but his role is to kind of, you know, be inserted when there's heavier sets, heavier formations. Just a guy or a solid starter? I think this one's kind of tough because coming into the season, we heard a lot about Oladejo yeah. coming in from Cal being such one of the huge transfer acquisitions for Chip and that, you know, UCLA staff. I think solid starter is a fair place to put him at right now, just because we haven't seen as much as I think we would have liked um, purely from an analytical perspective, but yeah, solid starter for now. Yeah, I agree. Solid star. That seems fair for Oladejo. Um, we'll transition out of the defensive backs. Jalen Davies. I think this one's quick. I think he's all UCLA. I don't think he's all pac 12. But with sort of the liability that a lot of the secondary has been, you got to put him at all easily, right? It's a really yeah, debate. He's been the best defensive back in that secondary. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll go there with that. Uh, this guy, controversial player in the secondary, Devin Kirkwood. Are we putting him in liability? I want to know your answer first on this one, Gavin. <sighs> Corners are tough. I'm, I'm putting him in liability. You have to, right? You have to. I, he 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 lost the job. He's not even really the starting second corner on the outside. There, there was more Humphrey than Kirkwood. That San Diego State performance where he got to play more was very suspect at times. I think he's a liability. Yep, I agree. No offense to him, but liability. Um, what about John Humphrey, the guy that kind of took over for him and that slot? It's not like he's been phenomenal as well. Is he a liability? Is he just a guy? I don't think he's been unimpressive enough to be a liability. I think he's just a guy for now. I agree. Just a guy. Um, keep it going. Alex Johnson, we know that game he had, San Diego State game. Uh, didn't really do much yesterday. Didn't really need to. A lot of running. I'd say solid starter if you count slot corner as a, a starting spot. I would say so, too. I mean, yeah, had a great game um, against, was it San Diego State? That was, yeah. But I, yeah, I'm not like anything huge from him that we've seen, but he's done, he's done enough. So, yeah, I would say so. Solid starter. All right, we've got two more. We're going to quickly do them. Kamari Ramsey, I'm putting him in all UCLA. That's my hot take. I think he's been phenomenal. He doesn't do anything wrong. He wasn't expected to do much. I'm putting him in all, as you say. You're going to battle me on this one, or you're going to agree? I'm not, and I think Joseph Crosby would agree. Yes. All right, finally, Kenny Churchwell, solid starter. Doesn't really do anything wrong. I feel like you could say maybe just a guy, but I'm going to say solid starter. You fine with that? Totally agree. Yeah, I'm on the same page there. All right, we're going to go rapid fire for the offense now. This is pretty easy. There's only like two or three guys that you really need to debate. Dante Moore, I'm going to put in solid starter. He's not in all UCLA. Uh, or no. <clears throat> Quarterback's tough. There's only one quarterback. I'd say all UCLA, just in terms of the context. But what he's like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm kind of torn on this one, too, after that game. But Maybe um, solid starter. He wasn't really tested until yesterday, and he didn't perform. Yeah, let's say solid starter all for right. now. We'll solid see starter there. TJ Harden, solid starter. Solid starter. Again, not really all UCLA at this point, I would say. Even though it, going into the season, he looked like he was going to be, but so far, solid starter. Carson Steele, 
Solid starter. Same level. Yep. Yeah. They haven't really distinguished themselves, I think, apart from each other that much at this point in the season. So J. Michael Sturdivant. I think after a couple games, we were saying all Pac-12, maybe all UCLA. Is he solid starter? Hasn't really done much since the – or no, I, I think he's still all UCLA. I think he's still all UCLA. It seems like he's like not like been like struggled to create separation, but it seems like Dante has raved about him like all the time, post compressors and talking to the media. But we haven't really seen that connection really come to like full fruition yet. I feel like that's something that could really happen in the next few weeks. But so I'm definitely keeping an eye on J Mike. But I think for now, yeah, let's put him there. Yeah, they got to use him a little bit more, more than just streaks and, and curls. All right, we're gonna finish up with. I think a whole lot of just a guys. Logan Loya, just a guy. Just a guy. Josiah Norwood, just a guy. Just a guy. Carson Ryan, just a guy. Just a guy who somehow led UCLA in, re- in all reception yards against <laughs> Utah. Yeah, shout out to him. Kyle Ford, he's hurt. He hasn't really been used. We'll put him in just a guy as well. I feel like that's yep. fair. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, that's going to do it for the tier list, and that's going to do it for this episode. Obviously, UCLA did not handle business against Utah. Now they have a bye week at a very convenient time to regroup. We have the chipometer. We have the tier list. To see those amazing graphics, you can only visually see them if you go to our YouTube channel, UCLA Daily Bruin. Uh, But if you, for whatever reason, don't want to see the amazing graphics, don't want to see the tier list, don't want to see Jack's beautiful face, then you can go to Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts to listen to the audio version of this podcast. But yeah, there will be a transcript on dailybruin.com as well if you want to read it and see you know, our, our, our words in written form. I don't know why you would want to, but that'll do it for this episode. We have a bye week coming up for UCLA football. There won't be a bye week for us. We'll still be back next week as well, but that'll do it for this episode of Out of Bounds. Thanks so much for watching and take care. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs>